This is a first for me. So if I feel or if I look uh, like a fish out of water, you'll understand why. As I contemplated and prayed throughout today and meditated upon what it was the Lord would share through me this evening as would pertain to the theme, which is the kingdom is, I need to say that it didn't take that long for the Lord to lay a thought upon my heart. And when we think about the theme itself, which is the kingdom is, surely that's a very broad topic. And as we stand here this evening, my prayer is that the Lord would reveal perhaps some small facet of the kingdom and remind us of some truths this evening. And with the Lord's help, I would like that we together turn to um, the book of the, the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 11. We can begin reading with verse number 7. And as they departed, as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'd like to stop with that verse. The kingdom of heaven is. Certainly in our classes today, we've reviewed much scripture. And as the brothers were inspired to lead the classes, we reviewed some truths about the kingdom. Namely, what is a king? And perhaps something about some citizenry. We reviewed some truths about the laws of the kingdom and ultimately some about the territories and the boundaries. And I can't help but think as we come together for a weekend like this of the abundance of Scripture that is shared. And there certainly is not a lack of the truth, but rather there is plenty of it. 
And as I sat in this auditorium for a little bit before the, the evening would begin today, and thought about the truths that had been shared and how the Lord is able to move brothers to present the truths of the kingdom, the thought went through my mind, all of that is well and fine. But how do we get the truth and the life and the power of the kingdom of God into the heart of man? The kingdom is and will forever be, together with its truth and its grace and its glory. But that alone does not guarantee that it will make its way into my heart or your heart. <clears throat> In this particular passage, we read about John the Baptist, who is a forerunner of Christ. And the scripture that really perhaps we'll zero in on this evening to begin with is the one that reads, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. When we, when we think about perhaps the kingdom of heaven on earth today, I think we really do realize that God's kingdom is. And we experience a phase of that kingdom here and now. And maybe as we think about that kingdom, we have various thoughts that go through our mind. And the one that God placed in my heart is this particular verse, that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. How so does the kingdom suffer violence? Preceding chapter, we read this, where Christ says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. This verse talks about the effects that the word of God has on the heart of man. What we read in the 10th chapter is is a description of the effects of the Word of God as it goes out and it reaches the lost. And what it tells us is that man must respond on an, indi on an individual basis to the Word of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the, the chapter that comes to mind is Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> and this chapter tells us some things about the violence. For verse 15 says this, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. And 18, 
For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? When scriptures say that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, I think Romans 7, as the apostle was moved by the Spirit of God to speak to his own, that is Saul of Tarsus, his experience prior to his experience on the road to Damascus. This chapter, I think, identifies for us where the violence take place, takes place. It identifies what the violence is, and it locates the place of that battlefield, which is in the heart of sinful men. That is, the truths of the kingdom are shared the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. And as it falls upon the ear of man, there is this reaction, this response that takes place. As the truths of the kingdom sink into the heart and man is exposed for what we really are. And Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And as we try to receive God's word, the struggle begins. The inward man, the heart of man, has a desire to embrace the truths of God. And yet... That sinful nature puts up this shield all of a sudden, wants no part of it because of the clear message of the gospel to repent and believe. Romans 7, I believe, does a good job of locating for us where the kingdom of heaven has its struggle in the heart of man. The kingdom suffers violence. As we listen to the gospel and as the truths of God go forth, how do you and I receive the message? Scriptures tell us that we should receive the message with meekness, in humility, the gospel that is able to save the soul of man. Easy to read. But because of our makeup, before we become, or before we answer the call, perhaps, for those who are, well, we'll talk about all of us. When we first heard the gospel message and human nature within 
reared up and began to immediately put the brakes on. This is where the struggle takes place. I think an unmistakable truth about the kingdom is that the kingdom experiences violence. We would like to think it's all peace. We would like to think it's easygoing. We would like to think it's an easy victory. After all, Christ has died upon the cross. Loved ones, the kingdom suffers violence. And the message says that the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. If the kingdom only suffered violence, what a tragedy that would be. But in Jesus Christ, we have the key to victory. Because what is recorded here in Matthew is that beyond the violence, there is victory. We know that Christ went to the cross. We know that it was there that sin met grace. But loved ones, what we need to experience is the victory of Jesus Christ that he experienced on the cross when he died and then resurrected. Not only does the kingdom experience violence, the kingdom also experiences victory. Not all who hear the gospel will experience the victory. However, all will experience the violence. How important it is that we are able to move from the violence to the victory, to make that experience. And I would like to share with you um, something, an account that happened not that long ago. And I'm not going to get the details perfectly right, but you'll get the gist of the message. In one of our congregations in Mexico, in Sonora, not that long ago, there was a baptism. And as some of the brothers from the States traveled down to Mexico, one of the brothers traveled as well. We can let him remain nameless. And this brother is known for his generosity, and he makes it a point to to help out in any way he can. And this particular weekend, he went to the store, filled his grocery baskets up, was on the way back to the gathering there, 
It's a very small gathering in a very poor place. And notices that there was a woman sitting on the side of the road, seemingly looking a bit distraught. This brother is known for helping out. He had a bit of a, had some thoughts, should he stop or should he not stop this particular time? He chose not to. Went back to the church, unbeknownst to himself, that this total stranger who was in a very abusive relationship with her husband, had a family, as I understand it, had made a decision that she could no longer bear to live her life. Apparently, he was a pretty mean man. And she was just waiting for the opportunity to be able to escape his presence. And she got that opportunity. He stepped out the door for one reason or another. She quick wrote a note to her loved ones, made her way out the door. Sitting on the side of the road, struggling within herself, the power of evil and that of God, wrestling, should she take her life or should she not? And because, I don't know why, she made the decision she could no longer bear it. I don't know the details. They're not important. She took her life. She came to know the struggle, the violence in her heart, that of human nature, rejecting the Word and the work of God. The kingdom is violence, loved ones. But remember, the violent take it by force. How does that happen? What did John mean? Can that be applied today? It must. Because if it cannot, then we are of all men most miserable. If the only thing we will know is violence, if there is no liberty from that violence, we are of all men most miserable. There are those of you tonight who are here who have come face to face with the truths of the gospel that spell out for you your sinnership. 
And maybe you, like the woman on the side of the road, are wrestling within your hearts. What do you do? How will you respond? Who will you go to? How do you rid yourself of the guilt? That's what she did. She too wrestled. <clears throat> and the battle takes place in the heart of man. There are those of you tonight who can identify with this struggle, either now or maybe when the lights go out and you're alone. There is victory for this struggle. There is deliverance from this type of wrestlings and violence. The early church had violence. The Bible tells us that there was both physical violence, it tells us that in Acts, that the church experienced great persecution. And the Bible tells us that it is not just the unconverted that will experience violence in the kingdom, but so will you and I. The church did. And Paul told Timothy, all that will love godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. God alone knows what's coming. But Jesus Christ provided us with the victory. Scriptures tell us, <clears throat> as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, as he spoke in the 15th chapter about victory, and he says this, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure what it was like when the Lord actually came back to life. When the disciples went to the tomb, they saw an empty tomb. There was a measure, there is, a measure of that victory that was hid, that is hid from you and I. At least at this time. But loved ones, nevertheless, when the Lord was able to resurrect from the power of death, he provided us with the victory. How do we apply? How do we tap into? How do we experience that victory? We know that victory over sin is a hallmark of the kingdom. The kingdom is victory because the violent take it by force. And this isn't, this struggle isn't limited to people. But this victory comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's important that there be victory in the kingdom. Who would want to be a part of a kingdom that was defeated? 
not I, nor would you. And we can thank God today for the victory in the kingdom. And, and it's important that victory is present in our lives. Not only does that victory need to be unmistakable, but the victory needs to be complete. In every aspect of life, when the Lord was talking <clears throat> to his disciples and those that followed him, in Matthew we read this. As the, as the Pharisees were questioning with the Lord, questioning the Lord over, over his activities and how he had cast out devils, and they said this, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Jesus knew their thoughts, and he spoke to them. And verse 28 says this, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. This verse speaks of dominance. We spoke of kings today, and we also spoke of the king of kings. And we know that Christ is matchless in his might, and he demonstrated that here in this particular passage as he, as he taught the Pharisees this truth, that when the devils were cast out, they were done so, it was, that act was completed by the Spirit of God, and that victory was a clear confirmation of the unquestionable presence of God's, of, of, of the kingdom of God. Loved ones, that's why as we, as we counsel souls, we look for the victory. It's a confirmation of the kingdom of God at work in the heart of a penitent sinner. Not all who come into contact with the kingdom of God, with the gospel of truth, with the word of the kingdom, automatically will receive or experience this decisive victory. I worked with a man going back several years when I was working in a job shack. I didn't know this man. And other than probably a period of about one year, I didn't see him again. He was a truck driver. He delivered lumber to the, to the job site. And one day, I found out that his grandmother had died. And somehow, the Lord moved Greg, his name was Greg, you don't know him, to talk to me. And he asked me the question one day, do you go to church? I said, yes. And that began a long discussion over many months about Greg's need for God. Greg made changes in his life that were as profound as I have ever seen. He would come to the trailer with his Bible, open it up, 
And we'd have this discussion, and there's business going on. His truck would be sitting in the, in, uh, in, in, in the yard, idling. Sometimes he was there for probably 45 minutes. Greg smoked. Greg used profanity. He had all of the indicators of your typical worldly man. Someone who was bound in sin. Greg changed so much that his wife finally told him, you're going to have to leave. I don't know you anymore. You're up at 430 because you're a truck driver. You've got to be to work early. You're reading the Scripture. You've bought a suit. You're going to church. I don't, I don't know you. I don't want to live with you. In our discussions, the doctrine of baptism seemingly, seemingly never came up. And I asked Greg about that. I says, well, Greg, you've made all these changes in your life. What about baptism? Well, we don't do that. Oh. Well, look, it says right here in the Bible, the one you've been reading. Over time, he talked to his pastor, and one day he came in, and he was all excited. He was getting baptized. I said, great. What about spiritual baptism? Well, we don't do that. Oh. And it wasn't that long afterwards that Greg came back into the trailer one day. He had some more news to share with me. His wife asked him to leave the house. He had changed. She decided she needed a little bit more companionship for a night, committed immorality. Do you know how Greg responded to that? He did too. And not too long afterwards, his life was messed up. He had experienced the violence of the kingdom. He had come face to face with the truth of God that was able to give him the victory. The violence continued. Greg's heart was not purposed to receive the truth, the whole truth of God. He's divorced. His daughter gets shuffled back and forth between parent to parent. And he himself, the zeal, the inspiration, the drive that he once had, has just fizzled right out. And it seems that unless we accept the complete truth of God, loved ones, a half-truth, a partial truth, a partial grasping of the truth will destroy a man's life. It's important that in the kingdom, not only that there be victory, but the victory be complete in every aspect of life. In the salvation experience, be completed. 
or else lives will be destroyed. And we see this every day, don't we? People who, are, who have good intentions and they want to grasp just a part of the truth, hoping that in some way it can kind of ease the violence a little bit, give them a break or a breather. But the end result of that is it will destroy a life. I'm not so sure that Greg's of a mind ever to seek God again. I don't know that. We can't afford that. <clears throat> the kingdom has victory, and victory in every aspect of life. I think of the, uh, the passage in, in, in Corinthians where it reads like this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Not only was Christ interested in casting out demons, not only is victory demonstrated in that way, as children of the Lord, as disciples of Jesus Christ, loved ones, there must be a casting out, a continual casting out of imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The kingdom of God is relentless. Its growth is relentless. So is the onslaught. So are the victories. So can the completeness of the victory be and must be. I'd like to close just by reading the Scripture. <clears throat> there are those who are here tonight that are maybe at the roadside like the woman was before she took her life. Need to tell you the rest of the account. Someone had to tell the mother. They did. And it wasn't pretty. When there's no hope, there's despair. And what happened was the community began to pull together. And I think over time, a large number gathered. Cars stopped. People stopped. Became quiet. The community had a need. Someone had suffered a horrible loss. And as the brothers were there <clears throat> to witness this, they knew in their heart the message must be preached. And they had a prayer, and they opened the Scriptures, and the gospel went out. The windows opened up. Those in the neighborhood leaned out. It was completely quiet. Death had struck, and it had gripped the attention of the community. And the Spirit led the brothers 
to speak the message of violence, of victory in Jesus Christ. It's quiet this evening, and there are those of you who are struggling. You're wrestling. You're experiencing the violence. In Sonora, they listened to the message as it was preached. And if you listen close enough in the stillness this evening, you can hear something as well. There is a song that those who are victorious in Christ are singing. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand in the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, a servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Won't you please come and join the song that will be sung by those who are victorious? in Christ Jesus.